the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is brought to you by The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track, S-P-O-T-R-A-C, for a free 90-day trial and then 40% off your yearly subscription. That's $2.99 a month. Plenty to talk about at The Athletic today. All these sports that are trying to come back, some are actually coming back. We've got Korean baseball on, on ESPN. We've got a, the Bundesliga, which is going to try to play some soccer soon, and there's plenty to talk about with that, uh, lawsuits, and should they relegate and shouldn't they relegate. There's a lot to get to there. The, the international games were next from the NFL schedule, reportedly. That's going to take a big toll on revenue from their standpoint, from the NFL standpoint. And, of course, the NFL schedule is coming Thursday, so there's plenty of speculation. I'm sure it's been leaked, and there's articles out there already sort of breaking down what's to come and strength of schedules and all that good stuff. Visit theathletic.com slash spottrack, S-P-O-T-R-A-C. We're going to flip the switch a little bit on what we've been normally doing because it's just time to talk a little different. And uh, what we're doing today is fantasy football. I know it's early. I know there's a lot in question, but it's never too early when you're talking about, you know, long-form dynasty leagues, uh, you know, leagues that require, you know, deep rosters, things like that. We had a lot of things change recently. We had a draft. We had a big free agent season. We had a bunch of trades. A lot of the UDFAs are now in the fold. We've got them on the, on the website. We're uh, working towards 90-man rosters every single day here. So there's a lot of guys in the fold. And uh, whenever there's changes, there's changes coming to your fantasy rosters. If you've got keepers coming from last year, if you're in a dynasty league where your roster has to make adjustments, if you're in a salary cap league where you know, a guy gets extended like a Christian McCaffrey and that kind of blows up your whole situation, uh, you know, there's a lot of movement. So we'll kind of dive into all this. We're going to bring in Cousin Dan, the de- degenerate gambler, Scott Allen, the other piece of spot track here, kind of a roundtable discussion on position by position, what's changed, what that means, you know, what, what kind of running back by committee situations are we in outside of the top big quarterbacks? What does it mean going down the fold? You know, where's your value going to be? Wide receiver, similar discussion, same with the tight ends. So we're going to kind of dive into what it all means, what your big names are going to be, who your sleepers might be, what is, who does Cousin Dan like, who's he already have in his roster that he's, he's kind of worried about because of the draft that we just saw, all those good things. So we'll talk to those guys and give you a little bit of fantasy football in May. While most sports are currently at a standstill, it's never too early to start preparing your updated fantasy football draft roster. And there's no better resource than Fantasy Pros with their flagship draft wizard, Mock Draft Simulator. You can customize any format that your fantasy league plays. Run mock drafts in a matter of minutes against realistic opponents and prepare for any scenario your draft might face. Everything's going to be updated. We've got rookies, we got UDFAs. There's plenty to deal with right now, especially if you're a dynasty draft. And, you know, extensions like Deshaun Watson will matter to you. Get in there, start cranking the numbers out, start figuring out what the heck is about to happen here as we push towards the, uh, you know, the, the preseason schedule and things like that. It's going to come soon, especially with nothing else going on. So keep up with it on Fantasy Pros. Visit fantasypros.com slash spottrack-nfl today. Get a head start on your competition. Again, that's fantasypros.com slash spottrack-nfl. All right, happy to be joined now by Cousin Dan, the uh, other piece of the Spottrack puzzle, Scott Allen. We're going to have a little three-man roundtable here. Fantasy football version. I know it's early. I know there's a lot of unknowns. I know this, this is probably the last thing on some people's minds, but... I bet there's a lot of people out there that are still doing their homework and going about their business as if everything's going to be just fine for the 2020 season. And uh, that's why I reached out to Cousin Dan, who is the degenerate gambler in the family and the fantasy degenerate, of course. D, 
Dan, w- welcome to the show. First question, I'm going to give you an easy one. Have you started with your fantasy research for football yet? Um, yeah, a little bit, probably not as much as I should have just with everything that's going on. I've sort of tuned out on sports to some degree, but, um, yeah, getting, getting back into it now that everything's starting to, to seemingly get talked about again. Yeah. I know you're probably just miserable and depressed because the baseball season hasn't started, but, and generally we don't flip the football switch until what, at least mid July after the, after the all-star game for baseball, but we're certainly having to, uh, hang on to football with every dying breath right now because it's all that exists unless you're you're waking up early and watching Korean baseball should I dare ask if you're doing that <laughs> not not yet <laughs> I have uh I, I've avoided that for sure Scott have you I have not I, I, I gave it an Indian this morning um just because I felt like I had to I was obligated to it's gonna be okay if it's all we get I just heard Bundesliga is coming back did you hear this there's going to be some real soccer soon. Mm. So we're, I think we're starting to get there. I don't know if it's safe. I don't know if it's going to last, but we're starting to get there. And anyway, yeah, no, I, go ahead. I, I haven't seen too much, but a lot of the guys I follow on Twitter, the, the, the KBO has been entertaining for them. And I mean, maybe it's just it's any semblance of sports, but, um, you know, it seems like there's not a lot. From what I read, it seems like there's not a lot of high-end talent over there, but the right. teams are all – you know, very deep and filled out, just like, uh, if you will, like a little league world series team almost. So <laughs> that seems like a shot. That definitely seems like a shot. Um, no, I don't mean it like that. I just mean like how all their little league teams are always, you know, deep and have, you know, 20 guys who can, who can all play ball. Yeah. So it's the I, best I of the like best. It's a small pool. Where that league is. Yeah, totally. I, I totally agree with that. It is, it's the best of the best over there. And that's why every now and again, we get a couple of guys trickle over here, especially of late. Um, how far did you get into baseball, by the way, in terms of fantasy? Were you ready to draft? Did you I, draft? Yeah, I had a bunch of drafts done already. Um, I was, you know, if anything, we were just starting to get into the into um, prime drafting season. I know a lot of um, high stakes players had already done, you know, 30, 40 drafts, some of them, but <laughs> um, I, I'm obviously not that far in. But uh, yeah, everything kind of got put to a halt. Everyone was. Um, you know, elbow deep in, in research and it kind of it got stopped on a dime. So we'll have mm. to uh, pivot once everything's back. Okay. So the agenda today, just for everybody out there, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about fantasy football, kind of, like I said, as it exists right now in the early stages of, I guess, I guess we're not even at the summer yet, not even close to the summer. So we're post-draft. There's a 90-man rosters across the board here. So there's a lot of guys to, to, to choose in terms of research. But there's some definite matchups or conflicts that I think are really notable to look at right now, and especially at the quarterback position and definitely at the running back position, which is getting harder and harder every single year to assess from a fantasy standpoint. Um, I'm going to let you choose, Dan. Where do you want to start with this? Um, Backs is fine. I, I, I... Okay, let's get into it. We talk enough about running backs in this show as it is because of the money or the lack of their money. But that's really the, that's what makes it so hard. Right, teams aren't identifying one player anymore and paying him fifteen million dollars. They're identifying two or three. There's a lot of movement. There's a lot of short-term contracts uh, or franchise tags or transition tags. We've got a little bit of everything this year with these guys. I know you're in a dynasty. League. I know you're in a salary cap league. I know you're in a standard league. I know you're in PPR leagues. So you've got a little bit of. You can run the whole gamut here. I'm going to let you pick and choose how you evaluate this discussion based on format 
but I think from a dynasty standpoint, Dan, it's probably the most interesting. And, and to be fair, it's probably those are probably the guys who are out there right now really digging in. You know what I mean? As extensions are coming in into play, as roster moves are being made, especially with these draft picks who represent cheap contracts versus massive, you know, veteran contracts in a salary cap league, that kind of turnover is it, this is a big focal point for those guys, right? For the salary cap leagues, because for instance, Jordan Love versus Aaron Rodgers, right? Where, where is that going in a year, in two years? And if you're in a long-term league, how long do you want to pay Aaron Rodgers $32.5 million on an average salary? So let's stick with the running backs per your request. I'm going to give you the easy one. Where does a guy like Derrick Henry live right now in the fantasy world? Is it a situation where if you're a dynasty owner, are you trying to get rid of Derrick Henry? Or are you just going to run him just like Tennessee is going to do? Are you going to run him into the ground and then cut your losses when it's over? Great question, um, especially since he's so fresh on the minds of, you know, just trampling the league, and especially in the second half in the playoffs last year, that um, I, I think he is tough to project. He'll be one of those pendulum guys that swings way forward this year, in my opinion. Um, in terms of buy, sell, hold, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily be selling, but um, I, I, don't, I don't know if I would be buying. Um, you know, I, I, I just don't ever like to buy high on a player. Um, he is a guy that, um, has never really put it together the way he did last year. So, so I'm a little bit hesitant there, um, getting a little bit older, although he hasn't had a ton of miles, but, um, you know, from a dynasty perspective, I still really like him as a player, but, um, you know, in, in redraft leagues, he, he's probably going to be a top five, top three pick maybe. Um, and, and that sort of makes me a little bit uncomfortable since he's not really a, uh, um, a back that catches balls in the backfield. So. Is that a guy you stay away from in all leagues or just from a dynasty standpoint because of the lack of longevity? Um, well, go, going back to what I said about redraft leagues, you know, in the pendulum swinging forward where, where he was maybe like a fourth or fifth round pick last year. And all of a sudden he, you know, he jumps to, uh, you know, sure. a high, top end of the first round kind of pick that always is a little unsettling to me just in terms of like regression and things like that. Um, so, I I like him as a player, and I and I think in that system he has every opportunity to uh, to repeat what he did. But um, yeah, there's so many different formats. It's hard to, to to paint a broad stroke over him as a player. I do like him in general, though. I just I I, I wouldn't necessarily. I, I just in general don't like buying high on uh, on players. Okay, so I'll stay right there then, because the high is Christian McCaffrey now over 16 million a year. Um, if you're in a dynasty league and you, uh, you've owned him for the last three to four years at $4.3 million a year, which was his average salary on his rookie contract, and you got the news a couple of weeks ago that that thing jumped to $16 million plus, what are you doing in that, in that regard? Are you comfortable keeping him at that price in a, in a hard lock salary cap fantasy league? Or are you trying like hell to get out of that right now knowing you're probably not getting max value back because you've waited too long, right? Yeah, I I mean the the salary cap type dynasty leagues are pretty unique, so I'm not sure um, how many people are involved in something like that. So, uh, I, but yeah, on on that note, I would probably just because I don't want to have a ton of money invested in um, a running back in fantasy at, at that position either. Um, I, I'd probably be looking to move on from him. Well, I don't want to say move on. Bad bad um, bad terminology. I would just be looking to sell high on him if you have salary cap involved in um in your league specifically otherwise there's 
in just a normal dynasty league with with no salary cap or anything like that, I don't see any reason why you would. You, I mean, I you have to be blown away by an offer, in my opinion. He's 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 just not going to stop being involved in that offense, you know, to a high level. So I, I don't know why you would be looking to get rid of him unless there were like salary cap type implications in your league. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Scott, I'll, sw- I'll switch to you. I'm going to go to your uh, your hometown team or your where you grew up, I guess, right, with the Bills. There's a lot to talk about with the Bills, but it's, at the running back position, they made it a little bit more complicated for us. <laughs> they really did because I think yeah. everybody coming into that draft assumed it was going to be, you know, they were going to find a running back to complement Devin Singletary, but I don't think they thought, and I'm not sure the Bills thought, they were going to get this kind of a d- dynamic player. Now, I'm not sure he's going to catch 60, 70 balls ever in his, in his career. But he's going to take a significant portion of, uh, of touches away from Devin Singletary. Is the, are the Bills running backs off of your board this year right now? Or is it a situation where you think that offense can be potent enough where it could carry the day? I think they are potent enough to have Singletary um, if you're going to go with him to start. Yeah. Um, he, he still has a lot to prove even more from right. what That's he did the other part. This season. was supposed so, to be a breakout for him. And this is kind of a right. monkey wrench into it, right? So I, 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 my intuition would be if you have him in a dynasty league, keep him, see where he goes to start the season. And if, if you want to handcuff him with, uh, with Moss, then so be it. But um, yeah, I, 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 I believe in one of my leagues, I do have Singletary. And if I can keep him, I'm going to, uh, depending on what round I kept him in. But, yeah, I, I would go with him. Yeah, Dan, what's your take on that, too? Because the, the handcuff is interesting. I, I had a couple of situations last year where I handcuffed Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Similar, you know, obviously in the same offense in Tampa Bay, and Jameis was throwing all over the place. So it definitely worked out from a production standpoint. Is that a situation where let – me, let me ask more globally – are there multiple situations where you could have two running backs from the same team and benefit from that? Or is that rare? I, I like it as a safety net. Um, so let, let's carve out in specifically dynasty leagues. Um, I, I lean way more towards talent than strictly opportunity. Whereas in redraft leagues, people tend to, to draft based on, based on immediate opportunity, right? If a guy is a week one, we see it every year. A guy is a week one starter. Um, you know, he's not going to be there forever, but he gets drafted as a week one starter. Maybe Frank or maybe Frank or was the perfect, not, not that he was a high draft pick last year, but even if he was a ninth, 10th round pick getting drafted as the bills, number one pick in a rushing offense. Um, you know, a lot of people thought Devin Singletary was more talented last year, you know, despite Frank Gore being an, uh, a Hall of Famer. But you know what I'm trying to say. He, um, you know, in dynasty leagues, opportunity is only is you know goes as far as that guy starting. You know, is the duration that he holds that starting position. And then if somebody behind him with more talent usurps him, then he may never get that starting job again. So, um, yeah, I I like. So I kind of got away from my point there, but I like both of them in this situation. I think the bills will continue to run the ball a lot. And um, I think both of them are going to have a, a, a large role in that offense. I, I think you saw it last year where they didn't want to 
commit to, I mean, he was a rookie, but they didn't seem to want to commit to him 20, 25 times a game. They, they like to, to keep it in that 13 to 18 range. So now if you, you have Moss there as a secondary type player who can, who can bring that same Frank or aspect. I think it's a perfect, specifically with the bills, it's a perfect match to, to have both of them be fantasy relevant. Yeah, I just wonder yeah, if there's. Effect. Do you think there's even going to be an increase in Singletary's production now because of this? I think I think they're right on the same path as they were last year, based on what you just said. I think there certainly could be. I, I mean, really, right now, this time in the year, especially with these rookie running backs that just got drafted, it's a it's a total guessing game, and um, you know how how the coaches are going to utilize them. I, it's just, it, it really is a gamble. And if you're buying and selling running backs during this period, based on the draft, I, I think it's a, uh, um, it, you, you know, you can hit home runs, but it's definitely a gamble. Yeah. And the fact that the bills brought in digs is going to open up sure. a lot more for these running backs to, you know, it, we, we saw that there, they tried to do some down the field stuff last year. Some of it worked, some of it didn't. Um, but I think bringing in a digs type player is going to open up that running back to do a little bit more uh, for the Bills too. Yeah, I think it's a it's a steal pick from Zach Moss there in the third round, for, no question. Uh, I'm going to switch the flip the switch here a little bit. Stay in the AFC though, Dan. Stay at the running back position. This one raised some eyebrows. Maybe maybe it's just a. Did you do this because you had to do it, or did you do this because you needed to do it? I'm talking about J.K. Dobbins. If I'm looking at this running back arsenal for Baltimore right now, and, I'm, and oh, by the way, it has to start with Lamar Jackson, <laughs> right? And then I'm, I've got Mark Ingram, Justice Hill, Gus Edwards as arguably the, the top three coming into that draft. Now you throw Dobbins, who you took a massively high pick with, understandably because he essentially fell into their lap. Uh, there's no question the talent's there. Whether or not it's going to translate to this league remains to be seen, but... Where where does he rank for you, not only as, as a rookie, but in this offense with all those names I just mentioned, especially Lamar Jackson? In, in a redraft league, I'm still going to probably go Mark Ingram over him. But in a dynasty league, I like him uh, long term. I mean, the Ravens, I, it's, it's typically – it's typically smart to bet on Ravens players. They, the organization just turns them out and, and turns guys into, um, you know, serviceable fantasy players. So I like Dobbins long-term in like a dynasty format, but next year I, I, I think I'd still roll with Mark Ingram as, uh, you know, as somewhat of a maybe 60-40 split there type running back with the goal line work. I, I think I still prefer Mark Ingram for uh, – 2020 but um long term i i do like Dobbins. yes yeah i mean ingram's contract has an out after 2020 a pretty easy out so you can and he'll be 30 he'll be 30 during this season so that's all the red flags basically say he's out after this year unless he has a monster season but i don't think he'll have the opportunities to have that kind of production um is lamar jackson though going to be asked to throw the ball more this year I guess that's my question because I don't, I don't see J.K. Dobbins as a, as a 50-55 catch kind of running back. Maybe he can turn into that. Uh, maybe I'm completely wrong on that as well. But uh, I just don't know. And, and you, said it, you said it best. If you're in a dynasty league, it's best just, just to stash these guys anyway and expect nothing. And if you get something, it's huge. But uh, I totally agree. If you're thinking long term here, Dobbins is a great pick, maybe the best pick from this rookie class. But – I just wonder about 2020 where he's going to be in the fold. It, to me, it's very questionable. 
Um, yeah, no, you're totally right on that. I think I think that pick was definitely made with 2021 in mind yeah. um, because it, 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 I, I would imagine they're visualizing um, Dobbins and um, Justice Hill as a as a dynamic tandem, which which could be scary. I mean, Hill's a Hill's pretty much a, a pass catcher with some running, you know, rushing upside, and Dobbins is more of the uh, the slam at home kind of guy. I I I, I like that that um, backfield pairing long term going forward. You know, after Mark Ingram leaves. All right, I'll give a trivia question to both you guys. Well, let's flip over to the quarterback position. Um, even though there's plenty more to talk about with running backs, maybe we'll dive back in. Well, yeah, there. yeah, Mike, Mike, real quick before you move on, I do, we were texting about it during the draft. How many, really, how many of these high end running backs, you know, we were all excited for for fantasy reasons, sort of ended. Pretty much everyone ended up in these like eh, situations, you know, like the Swift, the rate, sorry, yeah, Swift, um, Dobbins. Uh, Cam Akers kind of destroyed Daryl Henderson's value. I mean, there's a whole bunch Actually, of them. So pretty much every... Yeah, we got to talk Jonathan Taylor. That's my bad because Jonathan Taylor completely took Marlon Mack's situation <laughs> out of the picture here. How is that going to unfold? Is that a similar situation where he's he's a 2021 guy, they're going to run these two guys simultaneously in 2020 and hope they just have a ton of options for Phillip Rivers for one year and then if they have to pull this thing up, they will? To me, this means Marlon Mack's definitely not getting paid. Do you agree with that? Totally, hundred percent. I mean, I don't know what Scott thinks about that, but I, I, I don't know why you would make that pick if you plan on paying Marlon Mack, especially since he seemed to have these sort of like lingering soft tissue injuries. You know, nothing major, but it's like it seems every week he's like a game time decision or questionable or doesn't play because who knows where he's at. So I, I don't see how you're giving that giving Marlon Mack any money. Is Hines completely out of the picture? Oh, without a doubt, he's yeah. tradable. Right, he he's a trade piece, right? In real life, not just fantasy. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I think so too, Scott. What do you think about the Colts? Is this, let me ask you. Let me put, let me frame it this way because we've talked a bit about the Colts, especially from the quarterback standpoint. Are they are they going too much all in in twenty twenty? I mean, are they damaging their their second and third window here? Possibly. I, I think that my perspective with them taking Taylor where they did was. They know Rivers is on a one-year deal and get their running back now and then see where they're going to be next year. And then if for some reason they go a different route or re-sign them, they at least have that position shored up for at least four, maybe five years. Um, so that I think I think they were sort of building those pieces now and seeing where they go from there. Yeah, but... I struggle. I struggle with Jonathan Taylor in Philip Rivers' system. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Jonathan Taylor yes, is ground and pound. He is Wisconsin yes. pride, man. He is get the, give me the ball. I'm going through the tackles hard. Uh, he, he's a heck of a running back. There's no question. But if you're going all in with Philip Rivers, I'm not loving this wide receiver arsenal. I can tell you to write that. And that could have been a pick they used right there to upgrade that position significantly. I realize Paris Campbell was hurt. I realize T.Y. Hilton cannot stay healthy. And if those two guys are healthy and you add in Zach Pascal, who can do some things, it's going to be an, you know, above average. And I understand the Michael Pittman pick is going to make them better, but they had a chance with that Jonathan Taylor draft slot to really improve either that position or the tight end position, which they let Eric Ebron walk. They're going Jack Doyle and whatever they can get out of Trey Burton, which I'm, I'm, I'm anti that as well, because 
to me, there's nothing more important than a tight end position for Phillip Rivers. He's shown that for 20 years. Uh, and I don't think they've done him justice in that regard. But I just think I, – I love Jonathan Taylor. He was my favorite running back in this draft. I, Dan, you, you said it perfectly. We, we were talking during, that, th- during those picks that there were maybe five other teams that all of those running backs probably were better fit for. But it was just a situation, I think, where you had Baltimore, you had an Indy, Detroit's a little different. You can understand why they did uh, the swift pick there. But with these two, two, two offenses in Indy and Baltimore, it was GMs just looking at their board and saying, this guy fell too far. We do it in fantasy all the time. <laughs> you know, Somebody falls into our lap, and even, though, even if we don't love the player or love the pick or we need something else, you just can't pass it up. And I, I have to think that's exactly what happened here with Jonathan Taylor and with J.K. Dobbins, and we'll see how that works out. From a fantasy standpoint, it complicates the hell out of things, especially if you're sitting on Mar- Marlon Mack and you're hoping to get one more year at him dirt cheap before he gets franchise tagged or extended. Now that's definitely not going to happen. So um, you're going to have to flip the switch if, that, if that's the guy you rode with last year, which was the case for me in one of my leagues. So I'm kind of SOL right now <laughs> at the running back position in that regard. Uh, okay, let's flip over to the quarterbacks. Here's your trivia. I'll, Scott, I'll let you go first. Dan, I'll let you come in at the second. Dynasty rankings from Fantasy Pros. Visit fantasypros.com slash spottrack-nfl, by the way, to get, in, get into all this data. There's so much to look at. I spent an hour this afternoon just researching for this, and I didn't get anywhere. I mean, there's just so much. Mm-hmm. Um, your top five projected Dynasty quarterbacks for 2020. Uh, Got to be Mahomes. Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson, maybe. Okay, only one of your picks was really stupid. You were damn close with the others. Go ahead, Dan. I'll I'll just swap Rodgers for Kyler Murray there. That's it. Actually, you're Uh, you're both missing number five. Russell Wilson is six. You're both missing number five. Dak? Dak Prescott. Oh yeah, oh. Mahomes, Lamar, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Dak Prescott. That's your top five. Wow. Then it's Russell. Then it's Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield. Hmm. So there's your top eight right there. Dynasty quarterbacks. Right. Right. And just, I mean, just, just, I mean, not trivia. What? Who's number fifteen on that list? It's probably somebody we're going to be blown. Is it like Matt Stafford, who's still totally serviceable, so, or somebody? You know. So Stafford's thirteen. Then Jared Goff. Fifteen's Tua. 15 is Tua. Yeah, but... But then if you but, keep I mean, going, that's, Daniel that's Jones, Sam Darnold. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo is 19th. Kirk Cousins is 20th. Kirk Cousins is a fantasy god. There's so many numbers there. I understand it doesn't translate, and I understand why they're not making him a good dynasty pick, even though he's guaranteed three years. How many quarterbacks ahead of him in this top 20 are guaranteed three years? I don't think it's many. It's not many. I mean, Josh Allen's a maybe in three years. That, I think Cousins is low in that regard because he's going to be somewhere. He's he's completely guaranteed. But there's your top five, and I, I don't think we can really quabble with any of that. You can quabble with the order a little bit. In fact, if I flip off of Dynasty and go to a, just a, a, a redraft PPR league, Lamar Jackson takes over the first spot from Patrick Mahomes. So Lamar is your, is your single season number one pick right now for in terms of quarterbacks. It's still McCaffrey, by the way, for overall. So... <laughs> There's no drop-off there, even though he signed. Um, so I don't know. What, Dan, where, where's your head with quarterbacks? Are you looking for value this year? Are you going to go high? If you're the number two pick, are you taking Patrick Mahomes? Um, no, I mean, to my previous 
joke or point. Um, no, right. I, I don't. I, I just never touch quarterbacks early. Now, um, I mean, I may take the fifth quarterback off the board if I feel he dropped quite a bit or it's the 11th round and somebody's there. Um, but no, I, I just, in general, I, I just don't, I just don't do it. Joe Burrow's the 10th highest ranked dynasty quarterback. Explain that to me. Explain it. Explain why he's not higher. For instance, because of his contract situation and because the weapons are decent, wouldn't you put him ahead of Carson Wentz in a dynasty ranking? Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> that question specifically. Yeah, I probably would. I, I mean, I would, ha- I, it's a bad answer, but there's probably some bias involved, you know, some Cincinnati Bengal bias involved in, in that. Like people just, you can say, you can say there's pieces there or whatnot, but I mean, people just don't think the Bengals are sexy or have a ton of weapons. Um, and but, I mean, he, he could be a guy that totally blows the doors off in next year, but I, I, I think it's valid that he's 10, you know, that, that's, that seems like a legit. I, I actually can't believe Carson Wentz is top 10 in this at all for a lot of reasons. Number one being Jalen Hurts. Number two being the fact that he literally gets hurt every year. Number three being, I, I've said it on Twitter about a thousand times because people have asked, they can get out of this thing. I mean, they can trade this guy this year, next year. It's doable. It's possible. It's expensive from a from a cap standpoint, but it's possible. If they get the training camp and, and Jalen Hurts can throw the ball and run this offense, Carson Wentz is gone, guys. Maybe not this summer, but he's gone. And wherever he goes is a mystery because it's going to be a bad team that's just looking to upgrade quickly. So I don't love him long-term anywhere, including Philadelphia. I can't believe he's top 10 right now. I'd put, well, here's the names behind him. Aaron Rodgers, which you can put it in the same conversation if you want to. Although, does anybody think we're not getting three great years out of Aaron Rodgers here? No. No. no, I I think I think he's still got juice left, but I, I don't even the, care where the situation, it is. Situation, where is he going to be? Yeah, but does yeah, it matter? But well, um, no, it, you're probably right. No, it doesn't matter. He's proven it in Green Bay. He's had mediocre to blow average totally. weapons, you know, besides a few people here and there his whole career. So yeah, I, I can't even I can't even say confidently that it, it, you know he he needs to land a good landing spot. You know. Yeah. So actually the, the, this stretch here is really interesting. So after bro, it's Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff. And then we get to Tua. Is Tua 15th because he probably won't play in 2020? That's likely, but Holy moly. In no, in no world am I taking uh, Jared Goff over Tua in, uh, <laughs> in some sort of dynasty draft. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think though that, people will be scared off with Tua because of, well, I mean, you talked about the Cincinnati bias. There's got to be Miami bias. has to be. It's tough. I, I, I think the upside is tantalizing that people want, that people would still invest in it. So, yeah. I'm going to put you on the clock, Scott. Okay. I'm going to say the top five, four quarterbacks are gone. Mahomes, Jackson, Murray, and Watson. You get your pick of a dynasty quarterback. You you just jumped into the league. Somebody got thrown okay. out of some somebody got thrown out of the league. You're in. Those four quarterbacks are taken already. Mhm. Go for it. Tell me why you're not taking Dak first cuz I know it's not going to be Dak. Why? <laughs> because you a his his situation is so up in the air. You don't even know where he's going to be. If he's going to be in Dallas, he's going to be somewhere else. If you're in a salary cap situation, 
I mean, yep. it's going to be an astronomical cap to have to deal with out of the gate. I mean, looking at the list here, if I'm new and I'm coming in and I think Joe Burrow is going to have a successful four years, I'm taking him. Um, outside of that, probably Josh Allen. Okay. Um, and then if I had, if those two are not options, then I'd probably have to go uh, maybe Sam Darnold. Uh, I, I think he he's a legit player. He just had an unfortunate circumstance last year getting uh, mono. And I, I think his, his progression is going to be more than we saw last year. So he would be my th- third option. Dan, you want to counter that? Who were the first four, did you say? Can you repeat that? So Mahomes is gone. Jackson's gone. Kyler Murray's gone. Deshaun Watson's gone. All right, Murray, Murray was the one. I, I, really, I really love Kyler Murray. That whole team um, is trending up. Yeah, so uh, that was going to be my answer. I thought he was left off. I Greedy, Dan. I'll throw Greedy. Baker in there just because I still think he – He's. I still think he has it, and if arguably the best weapons, just, uh, right? What? Ar- yeah, yeah. And last yeah. year was just the perfect storm of a, of nonsense, in my opinion. That um, it was just quicksand, and they never got out of it. But um, new coaching staff there. I, I, I still, I still want to bet on Baker Mayfield. I, I mean, we, I don't want to deep dive too much into a team situation, but it's worth just saying out loud what Baker Mayfield should have this year. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, David Njoku, Austin Hooper, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr. And I think they brought Higgins back. I think they did. I think he's the third wide receiver right now. But there's also some kids they drafted. Those are big, big names. And they finally got him a left tackle and a right tackle, right? Did they sign Conklin? They did. They got him a right tackle, too. You're right. That is the, that's the guy right there that should take the biggest step forward in 2020, in my opinion. I understand that Josh Allen got a nice upgrade as well in a lot of places on the offense. But I think Baker's more talented than Josh Allen, just from a skill standpoint. And if if I had to pick between those three guys, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, and Sam Darnold, Dan, what's your rank on those? Baker, is it Darnold? Ba- Baker, Darnold, who? Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Oh. <laughs> that's, real, a, that's a correct response, life, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, real-life real football, I'm going to take Baker Mayfield. Um, fantasy, I am not a big Josh Allen fan, but fantasy, it's hard to pass him up. He, The rushing upside just okay. brings his floor way up, yeah. So Allen first in but, fantasy. But in real, real life, I like Baker and Darnold more than uh, Josh Allen personally. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Is anybody in on Justin Herbert? Because Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert is dropping himself into quite a nice little offense there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll he, wait. He, I'll wait and he, see. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say I, I'm gonna wait and see too. He's not one that I'm gonna dive in head first for. He's not your your reach backup quarterback pick in fantasy football. I see him that way. I see. I, just, I, I, I mean, in, in, in a redraft league, league, you can. Yes, in a redraft league, and I see myself later. going back to back quarterbacks. Like, whichever yeah, veteran of, falls, it, I'm going to take that guy, and then I'm going to back it right up with Justin Herbert. That's what I would do. I'll, I'll, I'll stand back and let you do it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like me going Ben Roethlisberger and Justin Herbert back-to-back? No? No good? Uh, well, I just – no, I just – he'll be on waivers in most redraft leagues. I, I don't see how that you – know, Really? So Not even draftable? Or do whatever you want. Really? Herbert? No, I mean, what's, what is he going to be? The, the do you think he – do you 20? think he plays? 
Um, yeah, I would. I, I, I mean, that's a big plays, part of it, obviously. I yeah, I think he plays. I just don't know if he's a top 12, top 15 type quarterback, you know, to to make it on my roster. But Okay, fair enough. All right, we've, we've exhausted that then. Made me look like a fool. It's fine. So you're right. You're absolutely right. It's a great situation. I, I think it's going to be an underrated pick because he's not dropping into Joe Burrow's situation or Tua's, which might even be worse. In fact, it is worse. Let's talk quickly about the Bengals because I know you brought it up. Are you staying away, Dan? Or does A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon get a big bump up from this? Uh, in, in theory, I, in theory, they should all take a step forward. Yeah. I mean, A.J. Green's been down that road 10 times, so we can't really say it'd be a step forward. But um, the other guys, if Joe, if Joe Burrow is, uh, you know, a drastically better quarterback than Andy Dalton was. And, um, you know, that coaching stat, if it all just comes together, there's, there's tons of talent there. Um, I'm a Joe Mixon owner in dynasty. I, I like him as a player. It's, you know, if he's going to be, you know, a top 10 pick in redraft leagues, it's it's a little bit hesitant. You know, I'm a little bit hesitant to go there, but um, I do like the talent, you know? So, So yeah, to answer, to directly answer your question, everybody should, Everyone should benefit from, from Joe Burrow. Okay. Mixon's interesting because because of the rookie quarterback, because A.J. Green is franchise tagged, because Boyd's on a decent contract. I mean, it's a nice little – it's a nice number for Cincinnati, team-friendly. I'm going to guess, Dan, Joe Mixon's getting an extension probably within a month. He's probably first on their oh, list. Oh, wow. I, I really think it's going to happen because of the, the window that the other core pieces are in. That's generally what happens. If, if if no one else needs to get paid, the running back can get paid. And I think that's going to happen to Joe Mixon. Does that change Joe Mixon as a dynasty player for you? If he gets 13 a year, nah, that's too high. Max 12 a year. Let's say he gets 12 a year. I mean, yeah, if you have, if you have salary cap implications in your league, then that totally – any running back who signs a big deal, in my opinion, that changes anyone. the conversation. It did with Ger- – yeah, it did with Gurley last year, and Gurley was the, the – you know, by far the best player the two the two prior years. So it's, yeah. I mean, uh, if you have that kind of league going on, then yeah. It, what, it, what's it your threshold? The game. Otherwise, what's your what's your price uh, on running backs in a dynasty league? Is it ten? It 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 would just depend on your cap your whatever your league yeah. uses as a cap and your specific cap situation. I mean, just like in just like you said in real life football, if you don't have to pay anyone else. And, you know, you can afford to pay Joe Mixon or a different running back. And same thing, if I have a bunch of, you know, young rookies on rookie deals or, or first and third year players, um, then, yeah, go ahead and pay Joe Mixon. Right. If you're, I, I if, you're a, a if you're a loaded team and you've got Christian McCaffrey now at $16 million a year, you're probably trying to trade him to the worst team in the league, right? <laughs> because he, he can be that team's whole offense at $16 million a year, and they can afford it because they need it. But you you know you want to go back in the draft and get yourself you know Zach Moss at eight hundred ninety thousand a year or something like that right? Yeah yeah totally and uh, if you're loaded I'm usually trying to turn over the uh, the middle of my roster if you know what I mean. Yeah, there's no question. That's that's what everybody's doing. That's why the middle class in the NFL is struggling right now. That's why we're going to see a rash of veteran minimum contracts coming in the next couple of weeks. It's going to happen. It's an ugly time for. Uh, 29-year-old players that are trying to get a job right now, but it's going to happen, unfortunately. 
All right. Um, hey, hey, Mike, 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 real quick on Joe Mixon. What do you, what do you think that contract would look like? Let's say he does get paid. Would, would that be like a short-term deal, like a Kareem Hunt type thing with, um, you know, like good behavior incentives or, or whatever you want to call it? Um, Not to put you on the spot. I'm just, no, no. As we're talking it out. Look, he catches about 35 to 40 balls a year. He has been relatively healthy. He's missed two games in the first three seasons, so that's a good sign. He's, he's progressed a little bit. It hasn't prog- been much of a progression, but to be quite honest, that hasn't been much of a team over the past couple of seasons. So you have to think Awful. You have to think that the reason the Cincinnati Bengals do that now, Dan, is because if they don't, he might have a massive year. He might have a massive year. <laughs> I mean, they're going to want to run that, that ball through him and take a little bit of the pressure off Burrow. That's just going to be a fact. They got rid of Tyler Eifert. Eifert. Their tight end situation isn't going to be as good as it's been in the past. I think that's going to be a running offense first, even though I know Burrow can throw the ball, of course. Waiting is going to cost more. So, like I said, if it maxes at 12, which is like sixth right now because of these these couple of extensions, I'm putting him at a cap de-justed, which is a devalued version of an adjusted version of Le'Veon Bell, which is crazy because Le'Veon Bell caught you know twice as many passes as, as Joe Mixon did or has. I think Joe Mixon's going to catch 50 balls this year. And if they wait, it's going to be, you know, you're going to have to pay me like you're going to pay Kamara. And that's not a – they don't want to have that combination. They don't want to be comparing – they don't want, you know, Joe Mixon's agent saying, look what Kamara got because Kamara's going to get paid. I, I just think that's going to happen. They're, they're turning a whole new leaf in New Orleans, and I think he's going to be part of that equation. Um, you don't want to wait for that because I think Kamara will be up there, up in the 15s. And Mixon shouldn't be up there. But if they wait, they might have to go there. I think they can get him now for 12, 12 and a half, and they should. So that's what I'm thinking. I like it. All right, wide receivers. This is really interesting. It's, it's, it wasn't a great – boy, how do I say this? <laughs> okay, I'll say it this way. The first wide receiver taken in the draft was Ruggs. Are you loving him, though, because it's Vegas? Nope. No, right? <laughs> because the quarterback situation no, is I mean, so I- in flux, right? Yeah, I think everybody was blown away that he was he, he went above the other two guys. Okay, I'll, I'll put it that way. Let's talk about those three guys. Scott, I'm going to push this to you because this is more of a global question. Uh, we've got Ruggs in, in, at, on the Raiders in an unknown situation at the quarterback position. We've got Jerry Judy, who's going to go alongside Cortland Sutton with a generally unproven Drew Locke at the helm. Um, and three decent tight ends, by the way, who are going to take catches away from those guys. There's no question. They're going to take catches away. Not to mention Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay. I mean, there's just a lot of options there. It's starting to look like, look like the Chargers, by the way. <laughs> I feel like John Elway is just building the Chargers all over again. So there's your second option. And uh, I'm drawing a blank here. What's the third? What, who's the third guy taking? C.D. Lamb. Sorry. C.D. Lamb. Oh, my God. An even worse situation. He goes up against <laughs> Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper with Zeke Elliott, who's going to catch a bunch of balls as well, and a quarterback with a contract Absolutely situation. Absolutely insane offense. Insane offense if they can figure it out there, Dan. Right? I mean, they, right. they struggled to give Gallup enough offense last year, let alone, you know. I mean, it, it took Amari Cooper getting hurt to figure out how good Michael Gallup was. How the hell do they make all three of these guys work together, stay happy, and oh, by the way, they got to run Zeke because they paid him a hell of a lot of money. I, when, when you know Zeke's on your roster for two and a half more years, there's just you, – you, you have to use him. And in my opinion, you have to use the heck out of him. you got to run him into the ground – because his career is going to be over after this. That's just a fact. His career is going to be done. So you might as well use him. So how then do you implement CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup for two more seasons, which is where they're all going to be on? 
It's a, I mean, the only thing that it, it can probably really work is one of them gets injured and, you know, CeeDee <laughs> Lamb steps up and and can take over uh, next man up type thing. If I had to pick out of the three, uh, Ruggs, Judy, or Lamb, I, I, I think I would probably trend towards Judy in Denver. Okay. Um, let's see what Drew Locke can do. And like you said, they got some tight ends. Judy's going to be the man there for the most part. So I think I'm going to go with him and and see what Denver can put around him. And I'll tell you what, Scott, I hope you're right. And I hope this gets talked up more and more because I want to get Cortland Sutton late. Cause I like that kid a lot. <laughs> and uh, I, I, Mike, it's funny. I actually, I actually saw on Twitter a poll wide receiver one in Denver, Judy or Cortland Sutton. What was the answer? You Did you see that? I, uh, I saw it early on, so I, I don't remember what it ended up at. That's but, super um, interesting. I, yeah, I think I voted. I I think I voted Sutton, but I, I I mean you can make a case for either way. I just I think Judy will be the sexy name this year, so people will lean towards him. But Cortland Sutton's put up a hell of a first two years in the league. Yeah, and he's got a relationship with Drew Locke now too. So I I, I agree that Judy's probably the more talented wide receiver, and he'll get pushed into that direction, Scott. But especially in training camp. But Sutton can play ball. It's to me, it's a lot like Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup, uh, to some degree, and that's why I think it's crazy that Ceedee Lamb's in this equation now as well. Dan, where do you, where are you sitting with Dallas right now? Oh, I mean, I, as you were talking that out, I was picturing that GIF in my head of the guy counting on his fingers with like the trigonometry <laughs> functions floating around his head. Analytics. <laughs> yeah, I. I, I have no idea what they're going to do, but I mean, I don't think you can ever have too much talent. Um, so from a, a watchability and a fantasy perspective, I think it's super sexy, but how they figure it all out is going to be a nightmare, especially, you know, you bring up the contract type stuff down the line. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be hard to invest real high in any of those receivers, just knowing that, um, you know, they're going to kind of feed you, you know, eat off of each other. So. Um, I don't have a good read on it, but I did buy an orphan dynasty team with Michael Gallup on it. So I'm pretty disappointed about, uh, the CD <laughs> land pick personally, <laughs> uh, just because of need, do you have to put rugs at the top of this list of those three? Uh, or do you, or do you just not trust the Raiders offense right now? No, I don't, I don't trust anything they're doing, but, um, yeah, and, and the cons- he was like the consensus number three guy. Like, I, I didn't find anyone who thought that that was the smart pick there or that that was the right pick for them. I mean, it, it's different if you already have like a Julio Jones type guy and you need a slot guy to bust it open. But, um, I mean, who, who do they have there? Tyrell Williams and Zay Tyrell Jones. Williams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I know. I know you be. I, I I know you slammed on that a couple pods ago. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not good. I mean, that it's an upgrade. But I'm not to your point. I'm not sure it's the right upgrade. I think they needed more of a get create space, not just down the field, not just a go guy. Which Rugg, we know Ruggs can fly, and I know John Gruden loves those kind of players. That's why Tyrell Williams is there in the first place. Overpaid a massive degree. At some point, you got to be able to hit an eight, eight yard out, you know. And I'm not sure they got a wide receiver that can do that right now, unfortunately. And uh, oh, by the way, the tight end. I, I know Waller can play. He's Waller's the best option in that offense right now. There's no question. But they also brought in Jason Witten, remember? So that's a tough offense, man. I still like Josh Jacobs, but other than that, it's ugly out there right now. We'll see if it comes together, though. Who knows? All right, any other wide receivers standing off the board for you? Let me give you this name, both of you guys, actually, because I'm looking at, I'm looking at the list of receivers 
from Fantasy Pros right now. And, you know, your Michael Thomases, your Devontae Adams, your Hopkins, which I know that's interesting, but still, those guys are still, they're off the board, right? Probably where you're picking, they're off the board. Probably Julio Jones, too. But now, now we're, in the, we're still in the top 10, if, especially if you're in a dynasty league. Guys like Chris Godwin, super interesting. Kenny Galladay, super interesting. And DJ Moore, to me, super interesting. Th- those guys are top 10 rated wide receivers for fantasy purposes. I think they're going to get paid. Maybe not more, but I'm p- pretty positive the other two are getting paid this offseason. I think a guy who's not going to get paid and who is also a top 10 is Juju Smith-Schuster. Where do you live in, in Pittsburgh right now, Dan? Ooh, that was not one I was expecting. Um, just Juju's tough because of the last year was sort of a toss away with no Ben, and then he was hurt for a little bit. Exactly. So, um, but I mean, he had a absolutely killer rookie year. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's tough, Mike. Um, I was surprised to see him top ten because of everything you just said. I, I would expect him to yeah, be more I mean, of a value I, pick, and and he's not. That he is who he is, and and. He's not going to surprise anybody in fantasy drafts this year. Well, and he's insanely young too. That's a big part of it. He he was he came out at I think nineteen and turned twenty in his rookie year or something like that. So he's he's already younger than some rookie wide receivers, and he's got two years in the league. So if Chris, if you're in your salary cap league, which I know a lot of our listeners do, Dan, and Godwin gets sixteen million a year, is that too rich? I I can't believe I'm going to verbalize this, but I kind of like Chris Godwin when he had Jameis more than Tom Brady. But um, <laughs> is 16 too much? I, I mean, man, I love uh, – let me just put it out there. I love Chris Godwin, but I, I just don't know if he's going to be used the way he was last year in, in a Tom Brady offense. But, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. I – Absolutely think he's a top ten dynasty guy, though. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Just on based on talent alone, I, I'm gonna. I don't want to trample over my talent, talent versus opportunity point I made earlier. So yeah, talent wise, Chris Godwin, I get, give me all the Chris Godwin. Yeah. All right. Before I throw it to Scott here, well, last question for you on wide receivers, Dan. I'll give you those same names: Godwin, Galladay, DJ Moore. If all three get contracts, who do you still take in dynasty football? Whew. Because I think they're all going to be pretty damn close. I think Morris maybe a tick under. I think Galladay probably carries the day. He's probably going to get eighteen million, maybe closer. He might be. He might get Amari Cooper money actually. He might get twenty million. He's been sneaky, sneaky good, and he's the guy. I mean, if Detroit's keeping him, he's the guy. From yeah, I will. I'll probably put DJ Moore last just because of that situation, but I do like him quite a bit. Um, situation being Bridgewater or being that they brought in Robbie Anderson and, and they've got a couple of pieces around him too? I don't know. I guess that's just a gut and a terrible I was surprised uh, to see him 11th rated. on this list because I agree that yeah, I, like I don't him. think he's in the best situation right now from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. I, I, he's always, he's put up decent numbers. He's never really be turned into that number one guy right now. And I just think it's just because of the way that offense is run, but you know, there, there's coaching changes there. I, I don't, I don't know how that's all going to play out. The, the Bridgewater point is, is great. Is McCaffrey going to do what he's done the last two years? Right. Not sure. I'm not sure, but um, I do like Godwin. I, I like all three of those guys a lot. Galladay, 
seems like he has the most, the highest ceiling to, of turning into a bona fide top three in the league wide receiver with his current the size, team too, the talent. Right? Yeah, yeah, I like him a lot. But, yeah, um, I think he's so the safest I, bet. Go Godwin Galloway. Yeah. So okay, I agree with you. And you think Godwin would be okay with Aaron Rodgers when he goes to Tampa Bay in two years? <laughs> okay, now I'm back on the Godwin. <laughs> all right, Scott, here, I'm going to flip the switch to the small guys because um, they're all really interesting for a lot of reasons. Cooper Cup, Keenan Allen, and Adam Thielen are 14, 15, 16 in these Fantasy Pro rankings. Allen is really kind of in the same, in the same situation he was last year, right? It's just if he's healthy, he's going to be the guy. Otherwise, I think Mike, Mike Williams is going to continue to take – production away from him because Mike Williams is a beast. Cooper Cup is the guy now. I mean, he's the number one option, essentially. Uh, you know, maybe neck and neck with Robert Woods. And Thielen, similar. No Stefan Diggs. Mm-hmm. I, are they too low on this list? Are they are they by lows here? Or are they right where they belong because their teams got worse? Probably where they should be because their teams got worse. Okay. I would think. What's your I think if I had three there. if I yeah. Of the three, if I had to pick one, um, I'm probably gonna go with Cooper Cup, even though I really would like to go Allen. I don't know what that quarterback situation is gonna be. I think I trust Cup more with Goff in uh, I, I I would some Kirk Cousins but, bias there. You saw too much <laughs> of him in person. he does what he needs to do and that's all i'll say about that so um i I think with Thielen, you know having Diggs there helped you know they they had to distribute the ball somewhat yeah he may get more of the ball now but I, i don't i don't trust that um cousins can do what he does again you know he he was on a high sort of like dan has been talking about a little bit before uh with derrick henry cousins is on a high he's probably going to regress maybe down a little bit to where he usually is and so um i think cup he's going to be the guy this year dan yeah i will trust mcveigh scheming uh cooper cup open despite my disdain for jared goff but yeah (laughs) Keenan Allen love the player, but who the hell knows what that Can't situation trust is going to look like there. No, there's no, there's just no way he's going to be getting 13 plus targets a game like the way Philip Rivers leaned on him. So, um, yeah, I, I I agree with Scott there. Dan, why is Mike Williams 43rd on this list? He hasn't done it. I, I, that that's that's really the only reason. I mean, there's talent. He was a high draft pick, talent there. Um, he hasn't really stayed healthy, and he just hasn't put it together on the field. I. I I like the upside still, but um, the ranking makes sense to me totally. There, there's just so many good receivers in this league. Oh, it's nuts. It's nuts. It's nuts. Um, who do you think the 50th receiver on this ranking is right now? I said his name already. Huh. Robbie Anderson. Wow. Yep. There, there's a hell of a lot of receivers. Jerry Judy's 47th on this list. CeeDee Lamb's 48th. Yeah, yeah that's insane. It. it that's heck of a talent. Ruggs is 55th. So in terms of fantasy pros, it's Judy and Lamb neck and neck, and Ruggs is about 10 picks later. So there's your answer. <laughs> there's your answer right there. It, that's what the experts are saying. Um, you're right. Uh, are, is this going to be a situation, Dan, where – all right, this is actually a decent question. You're, you know, the fourth pick in the draft. 
uh, redraft. You going for one of the big boys? The receivers? Yeah. Or is it is it too no, deep I'm, not to? You're going running back all day? I mean, I, I'm probably going running back there. Yeah, there's there's just the top end running backs just keep getting gutted. More, more and more guys are going into committees and, you know, like, do you want to – I like Austin Eckler, but do you want to bet on a guy like that again? Not, not that he's going to go fourth overall, but you know what I mean. Once you get into – once you get past those top guys, I think when you're sitting there on draft day and you're at the top of a draft, you're going to, you're going to want to lock in a running back right there. But yeah, I mean, Michael Thomas, Deandre Hopkins though, I, they're, you just bank on them. Right. But, Let's finish on this. I'll, I'll give you a, the same question I gave you with quarterbacks. Scott, you too. Let's go. Should we go dynasty or PPR? Let's go dynasty overall top five dynasty picks overall, every position. I gave you number one already. That's a, that's a softball. Dan, go for it. Um, McCaffrey, Kamara. No, sixth. Mm-hmm. Wow. We have mm-hmm. we have wow. we have not said number Behold. two's name yet. No, Behold. no, no, no quarterbacks until uh, no quarterbacks. That's actually an interesting question. Where's the first quarterback? Twenty ninth, Patrick Ooh. Mahomes. Zeke. Zeke's fourth. Zeke's fourth. We we have literally not said this guy's name, number two, all night. Sony Michelle. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, edit, we'll edit that out. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I got to look now where he is, of course. 115, Sony Michelle. Oh, that's, oh, I, that's pretty good value. You can run the ball. Zeke. Yeah, I mean, NFC, I, I'm NFC running back, guys. NFC running back. Aaron Jones. In fact... He's ranked exactly where he was drafted. Oh, Saquon. Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Okay. And number mm. three, we just said his name. It's a wide receiver. Michael Thomas. Yeah. So it's McCaffrey, He's Barkley, Thomas, Zeke, and then number five is the other wide receiver. Uh, Got to be Hopkins. Yeah. You got it. There's your top five dynasty, fan, dynasty players, according to Fantasy Pros. Kamara, six, is very interesting. How about Thomas and Kamara are three and six on this list? That's tough. Oh, by the way, Michael Thomas's contract has an out after 2020. It was a two-year deal, just like Amari Cooper's. It's a, it's a two-year deal. Um, yeah, so that might, depending on what happens with Breeze, it might be the right time to sell. I mean, I don't know why. Exactly. Why I would ever recommend selling Michael Thomas, but um, well, you've talked about that this. going to succeed anywhere. You've talked about this a lot, especially with guys like Jarvis Landry, Dan, where where you can have loose stats, right? They look amazing, and there's a they're big numbers, but do they actually impact you know on the field in real life? Do they also actually carry the day in fantasy points, right? Like Jarvis Landry will catch you 120 balls, but what does that mean in terms of actual overall production, right? Is Thomas a safer pick? I mean, is he going to score enough touchdowns and things like that to actually carry the day? Or is he more of the loose stats like we mentioned there? I mean, with Breeze, he's uh, – well, in a PPR, he's, he's going to catch balls, in my opinion, without a doubt. And that's all that matters, um, right? If, if you yeah, catch as many in, balls in a, as he a, gets, yeah. And in, in a standard league, I think his touchdowns are definitely tied to Breeze. Just like you know, Camaras are tied to to Breeze to a certain degree. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I like Michael Thomas. I'm going to bet on that dude for years and years to come, whether Breeze is there or not. But um, I just you know, it's not as safe as a situation if you uh, remove the Hall of Fame quarterback. Manuel Sanders doesn't scare you at all there. 
No, I no. I mean, not. I, I like it as a compliment. I think that's a really good number two that they haven't really had there. Um, you know, like a set it and forget it number two type guy. That, but um, doesn't scare you from a fantasy no, perspective. I, mean, I, I don't all. think he eats. No, I don't think he eats into Michael Thomas. No. I mean, only in the name of the top twenty we haven't said tonight. Well, there's two: Tyree Kill. There's three. Mm-hmm. Delvin Cook is seventh, which is a really interesting name. That's a name we should have brought up in the running back conversation because I'm not sure he's getting paid. I know all the reports say they're trying to pay him. Can, can I can I ask a question to anybody here? <laughs> Why would they pay him? First of all, the quarterback's been paid. Second of all, I think the kid behind him is close enough, right? This Madison kid, he can play ball. Dan, do they pay Delvin Cook? Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't be rushing to do it. I mean, maybe you exactly. get, maybe at the end of that deal you want to, but I I don't I just don't know I. I I know we have to ask the question all the time. I'm just, I don't know why anyone is like running out to sign a running back before they need to right now. Well, it is the end of the deal, but you you wait and tag him, right? Yeah, right. I mean, he he hasn't stayed healthy. Now, some of that's not his fault, but he had some minor knee things in in college. And so I I don't, I, I, I certainly. You know, I wouldn't want to sign him like week three, and then he blows his knee out week six or something like. Like, there's just no reason to do that. So he All he's specifically a guy with tons tons of talent, great situation, but I I wouldn't want to cough up. Yeah, I, I also want to see what I have in Alex Madison again because if he can for sure if he can push up more and project and progress more, you know, a it's going to either drop the price tag for Cook to keep him on the team, or it's just not going to happen. Uh, that's not the way I feel about George Kittle, by the way. He's another, another name we didn't mention in the top 20 here. Does anybody have any issues with George Kittle, even if he signs an $18 million contract? Uh, I don't. No. No, I like him a lot. <laughs> I think the pendulum swings, you know, he's a pendulum swinging back kind of guy this year, too. You know, he might. Yes. It was pretty much him and, him and Kelsey in the second round last year, and I think you might see some guys take Ertz for sure over Kittle. I, I'll take Kittle over Ertz all day but um, me too and yeah i think he, yeah i agree i think he falls a, a little bit compared to last year so yeah i think i gotta i gotta look at mark andrews before zach Ertz this year because i think that baltimore offense is going to be more potent than philadelphia am i wrong no great call yeah all right a couple of value guys tight ends we didn't really get to them let's just breeze through them here uh thumbs up thumb down both of you evan engram new york giants mm, down Two thumbs up. Yeah, Daniel Jones gonna be that's gonna be his guy, right? I I, I love Evan Ingram. I mean, yes, I am an Evan Ingram owner, and that's part of it. But um, <laughs> I think I think he, I think he's got massive talent, and um, there's pieces around him there. You got a young quarterback who's got to prove himself. I I like him as a bounce back guy this year for sure. Do you feel the exact same way about Hunter Henry then? Because you could just basically drop that name into the same scenario. Um, outside of the massive injuries, yeah, I like him as. Yeah, no, I, I, I like him there, too. I, I Yeah, the injuries causes a little bit of pause, even though they're a little bit fluky and, and unlucky, it seemed. But, um, Is he a viable tight end one for you in fantasy this year? Oh, for sure. Okay. I mean, okay. Uh, tight end's a barren desert. I, well, I, you that, know, when, that's what I was trying to get to here. The, the, the farther I look down, it gets pretty bad pretty quickly here, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, is, is Jack Doyle a top 12 tight end probably <laughs> and that's how bad yeah tight end is this year no no, no offense to jack doyle i'm just, just um, he's not particularly sexy name to be uh like a a, a draftable tight end you know yeah uh, well 
I mean, we got to get to Gronk, right? Gronk's the 26th ranked tight end on this list for a reason, right? He's going to be – I mean, he's only going to put his pads on when they get into the red zone. Right? They're not going to use him on a three-down basis. Am, where, I, am I wrong? And where's O.J. – comparatively, where, where's O.J. Howard? on that, what Good question. At? Not to mention Brait. O.J. Howard is the 15th tight end. Cameron Brait is the 48th. Interesting. Yeah. So they're either going to use a lot of three tight end sets or Rob Gronkowski is going to be the, the red zone guy and that's it. And I, I think that's exactly what he should be. And if I had to guess, he's probably not going to play much ball the first couple, the first half of the season. For sure. And I, I don't know en- enough about what they ran in New England, but, I mean, they they did a lot with two tight ends there for a long time. So um, Brady could be thrown to O.J. Howard and Cameron Brate, you know, between yeah. the 20s. And then uh, when, when it's red zone time, Gronk gets the call. So, yeah, that's – that's a scary, scary offense there. You know what? You can wait. You can wait. I mean, I probably wouldn't touch O.J. Howard because of everything we just said, but I'm, I'm okay with John Smith if I have to, if I have to live there in that Tennessee offense. I'm, I'm okay with Jared Cook in, in New Orleans as well, who I think uh, was overlooked a lot last year. He was a big part of that offense. And Eric Ebron going to Pittsburgh – we know what Ben Roethlisberger likes to do with tight ends, and he has not had a good one in a couple of years now. I think that's a sneaky – that's one of the better moves of the offseason, Ebron to the, to the Steelers. He's the 18th-ranked tight end on this list. I think that's value, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. I'd, I'd, I'd be willing to bet on him this year because of basically everything you just said. Okay. Scott, anything to wrap it up with? I, I think Hayden Hurst at Atlanta is interesting. Really interesting, um, yep. Uh, so I like that pick. Um like you said, this tight end, it's it drops off really fast. I mean, you, you're either taking the top three guys or you're going to wait. I agree. And to some to some degree, I think the same about running backs. I mean, I mean, I mean if you don't get McCaffrey, are we all good with Barkley to finish this? Yeah. Dan, you good yeah, on Barkley? For sure. Yeah, you're good. Are you oh, good on yeah, Zeke? Yeah, I'm I'm buying it. If I'm a top four pick, I'm I'm definitely buying Zeke. Yep. Are Are you tentative after that? If I tell you that it's Delvin Cook and and Elvin Kamara, and then you get into your Josh Jacobs and your Miles Sanders and your Austin Ecklers, are you still pretty good? There? Um, I think I'll probably cut off at around six. I I I. I, I I think Cook and Kamara might be a little bit too appealing for me to pass up. Um, but, I mean, Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins are definitely home runs there. So, I yeah. the only thing is I don't I, – I tried to do, like, the, the double wide receivers a little bit last year. And then in the third – I saw guys would fall to me in the third round, and, and it almost never happened to me. So, then I was sitting there reaching for a running back or grabbing a tight end in the third. So, um just in terms of roster construction and how I want the draft to play out in a, in a redraft league, I if I'm a top five pick, I, I've almost definitely got to go running back. I think that sixth spot is where it gets interesting for me. Last name, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Kansas City. Ooh. He uh, he has ta- talent aside, he has pretty much been the consensus number one dynasty pick this year, which. Yep. Um, has has some people questioning it just because he 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 wasn't really looked at as the wait most in terms guy of running backs or in terms of everybody overall ahead of Burrow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot a lot of dynasty leagues will uh, take position players ahead of ahead of quarterbacks, but uh, at least from what I've seen. Yeah, so, you're right. It um, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it looks like 
yeah, it looks like uh, he has been the number one overall pick in a lot of leagues. So um, that, which again, back to my original point, that that is pretty much strictly a t- an opportunity perspective there with Mahomes in that KC but offense. Not that he's not a talented guy. Does it but, make uh, sense to you? I, I'm struggling I mean, to find I, production. I yeah, I, I don't know if I'd do it. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I don't know about that one. I really don't know about that one. I, uh, is Jonathan Taylor right there with him? Don't you like the long-term outlook for Taylor more than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Yeah, I think that I think that's what I'm – I guess I'm trying to say. I think he, Taylor's a bit more talented. I just – you know, people are going to take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because yeah, but strictly where he landed. But, I'm, you know, like, I mean – I'm thinking, but I'm thinking that where he landed is a negative for his rookie rookie contract from a fantasy standpoint, because my my assumption, the way they've built that team, especially with you know McCole Hartman even coming into the picture now, they're gonna, I mean that's going to be a passing offense, and whether or not he's going to catch right. sixty balls remains to be seen. But it, we talked about how the Colts are all in in 2020, and if that works, fine. Maybe they'll try to keep some of this band together and go forward. But I think the likelihood is, is that it doesn't work. They don't get to the finish line, and they have to blow most of this up, all this work they just did. And in that regard, isn't Jonathan Taylor going to be the offense <laughs> in 2021? Yeah, seemingly, yep. That's how I look. I, I approach it from more of like a two-, three-year window, especially if I'm a dynasty owner and I'm jumping in on one of these top three picks. I, I see less immediate production, actually less three-year production out of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire than I do Jonathan Taylor. And I'd, I'd say the same thing about DeAndre Swift, because I think Stafford's got a year left in Detroit. I truly believe that. I think there's going to be legitimate trade block rumors for Matthew Stafford after 2020, and whether that means they're going to get a quarterback in the draft or they're going to look at a guy like Cam Newton or they're going to bring in, you know, some Dak Prescott if he's free, on a free agent after a franchise tag. Who knows? But I, I look at the stability of the offense. And I, I drop a running back into the Kansas City Chiefs in, in a situation where they're going to be that team for three more years. To me, that's a negative for him. I, that's that's how I look at it. Yeah, I think I, I think your frame of mind is right. I, I, I understand why people think otherwise. I mean, he was a first round pick, which, you know, sort so, sort of. I joked earlier the Sony Michelle factor, though, where, you know, he no one really thought he was a first round running back or Rashad Penny even the same year. Those guys you know, both got taken before yep. um, someone like carry on Johnson that year, but um, everyone maybe thought carry on Johnson was more talented, but, but um, so it, him being a first round pick, I, I think there'll be people have the false security. Um, That's that right. He'll, he'll be leaned on there, but I, I mean, Andy Reed has shown that any running back that comes, comes in that system can, can uh, succeed. So That's fair. Yeah, how loyal are they going to be to him? I, I guess that's to be determined, you know? All right, Scott, anything else? Any uh, any running backs on this list that we haven't mentioned that we probably should have? We kind of mm. jumped over Miles Sanders a little bit. I'm guessing we all kind of like him this year, especially with the mess of the wide receiver situation there. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, mean, I love, love Miles Sanders. <laughs> I mean, Aaron Jones in, in Green Bay. I mean, that's interesting situation, obviously, with – Aaron Rodgers and the whole Jordan Love stuff. Um, I'm, if, uh, if it's, you, if it's a one-year redraft, I'm taking Aaron Jones all day. 
all day for one year. But, but, right. but and John and Jonathan Williams and they drafted that TJ oh, Dillon right. dude. So that's right. It's like what what the hell are they doing there? You know? So I, I love Aaron Jones too, but that situation and, and like Scott just said, the Jordan Love Aaron Rodgers thing, what, where where does that land? Yep. <laughs> Let's finish on this actually, because uh, we should always finish with the Patriots. That's just I think it's protocol. Well, before you go there. Go ahead. For question for either one of you, because these have been guys that have been talked about. If you had to pick one, Melvin Gordon or Todd Gurley, it's close. It's really close for me because Gordon's going to have production snagged away from him by Lindsey. I'm not sure there's going to be much competition with Gurley, but can Gurley go 16 games? I don't. I don't know. I, I think Gurley is going to have a lot of that offense because they've shown that Matt Ryan needs to take a step back. He's declined for sure, even though he's got weapons. Um, I think I, I slightly lean girly. Dan, where are you sitting on that? Yeah, I'm going to lean that way pretty much for the same. Yeah. The same thing you just said, but I, man, the, the more we've talked tonight, Denver is Denver. Is they're sexy. loaded. If, if, if Locke can put it together, man, they're, that's a cool, that's a cool team. And it's a damn good defense too. That's what I mean. It feels like the chargers on paper for like three years in a row. We keep looking at the Chargers roster on paper, and we're like, oh, that's a, that's a playoff team. <laughs> that's a Super Bowl contending team. And then, you know, there are seven guys get hurt in a day and a half in training camp, and we have to all kind of deflate ourselves with it. But, yeah, they look great on paper. I think that's a potent offense for, for, for without question. Let's finish with the Patriots. If you had to take one Patriot player, <laughs> who, who is it going to be in fantasy football this year? Oh my God! Oh man! James White, Sony Michelle, Nikhil Harry, Julian Edelman, Jared Stidham. Is Jared Stidham getting taken in dynasty in dynasty drafts, Dan? I mean, he's pro- he's probably already I, taken late, right? I mean, may- and maybe in the deep league, but yeah, yeah, woof. I mean, you're gonna have some. I don't. You're gonna have some Patriots lover that just does it, right? Because you put all faith in the guy. Yeah, if he gets the starting job too, somebody will pick him up just out of speculation. But yeah, I still think it's James White. Is that wrong? Yeah, him or Adelman. I mean, Adelman get into his expiration date probably, but um, you got to think oh, oh. being the, the vet on that team to lean on him a little. Sure. Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna go player to be named because he's not on the roster yet. Who's that gonna be? Cam. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> just the field whoever they either pick up or trade or whatever they do, but I'm going to go with somebody who's not even on this roster yet because the that's what the Patriots do. Yeah. OJ Howard, right? Yeah. Howard, or for some reason they bring in Cam Newton or they make a trade for some wide receiver and they flip some bottom of the barrel one. So I'm going with someone who's not even on the roster right now. It's a pretty good way to end this show guys. Thanks a lot. This was fun. I'm sure we're going to have to do this again as the as it gets closer and uh, we can put this into more perspective. But, yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it, Scott, because we're certainly not done. I, the, the one thing I wanted to bring into this conversation a little bit more, but I'll do it on our next show, I think, is there's going to be a rash of extensions soon. And they're not. I don't think they're going to be top-of-the-market extensions. There's just a lot of factors that, that are pushing numbers down right now, you know, as you might imagine, right? The, the one being nobody knows where this cap's going to lie next year. And a lot, that's a lot of how people project out is, you know, we have to inflate a little bit for what's to come. And if there's lack of revenue or no revenue in 2020, we're seeing this with the NBA. We've had this discussion, Scott. It's just going to be really hard to put numbers on guys in the right, in the right regard. So you're going to have players. We talked to Aaron Jones. We talked to Joe Mixon. 
maybe Delvin Cook, Kenny Galladay. Um, you know, there's guys, even if DeAndre Hopkins says it's time, that, you know, we got to restructure some of this money and get me better paid, he's worth $23 million on our site, but I don't think he's getting that right now because of all intents. It's probably why Dak's not getting what he's getting because Jerry Jones wants to push that thing out five years and make sure that the revenue all kicks back into place. I get it. I get both sides of the story. That's not going to stop guys from getting contracts. I just don't think they're going to be the top of the market contracts with the exception of Dak. Dak should still get his $35.5 million or $36 million a year, um, and we'll see what happens from there. But there's going to be major contract extensions coming. So if you're a dynasty owner and you've got guys that are on these rookie contracts that are fringe players, you know, throw, throw us a tweet at SpotTrack. You know, we'll get back to you on what, what the likelihood and maybe the cost might be to extend that player if you're worried about you know, you know, an average salary blowing up this year for you in 2020. But outside of that, there's going to be trades. There's absolutely going to be trades. You've got GMs working from home right now doing this armchair work like kind of we do here. Um, there's going to be movement. And we mentioned teams that are kind of loaded, like Denver, like Cleveland, right, from an offensive standpoint. They're, they're a little overloaded. Even, even the Chargers, to, to some degree, who, uh, who drafted a couple of decent pieces to go with it too. There's going to be movement. So it's not wrong to be researching the fantasy stuff now and get your head in one place and then allow yourself to flex as changes are made. Uh, that's really just what the good guys have to do. And, the, you know, the gals out there as well that do this kind of thing. It's going to be a lot of movement, especially in an offseason where everything's behind the scenes. We're not going to be able to see, you know, how a guy was terrible in minicamp or missed minicamp. You know what I mean? There, there isn't that X mm -hmm. factor throughout the offseason here. It's all going to be behind the scenes. So to some degree, that Patriots move is going to surprise us even more this year. <laughs> Whenever it comes, it's going to be out of left there. You know, you, you know it's going to be out of thin air. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what, what's to come, but keep up with it. Visit fantasypros.com slash spottrek-nfl. Get yourself into all these tools. Super easy to use, especially when you're doing something like this and you want to just kind of flip through position by position, change your format, change your stats. Uh, it's super easy. You can import your actual leagues from ESPN and Yahoo and all those sites as well to give yourself the uh, real-time start, sit action, all that good stuff. My thanks to Dan Solman. My thanks to Scott Allen. My thanks to The Athletic. My name is Mike Chinetti. We'll be back soon with another edition of the Spot Trek Podcast. Thank you.